Welcome guys to the Trying Podcast. My name is Nanini and on this podcast I'll be sharing with you the steps that I'll be taking to try and get over my fears and get out of my comfort zone. Hi, it's July 4th on Tuesday, 2023 and I'm recording today's episode that will be published today, hopefully. Um, So this is another continuation I started in the uncovered episode. That's when this top I started touching on this topic. I feel they are connected. According to me, it's the same topic. So I started with the uncovered episode and then I shared some other episodes and then uh that uncovered episode I feel like I continued that topic in the clear the decks episode and then last week's episode triggered. So so for this episode i'm not going to rehash the same things i talked about in the other episodes because one i only see don't have that much time and also two uh, i don't see why if i already have recorded those episodes so i'm just going to continue the study and so again i have already written down i i already have um already notes i call them notes but they're like um scribbles like uh my thoughts on paper <laughs> those are what i call notes sometimes right now they're not necessarily like notes like point one da 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 point two they're just my thoughts on paper like how okay i i think about this point and then i flesh it out kidogo and then okay i jump to another point i flesh it out so in front of me i have some notes but even looking through these notes right now i don't f- I'm going to talk about a very small part of my notes. Like in the broader context, it's not a small thing. It's a huge, huge thing. I don't know. I wanted to say like huge knowledge. I don't know. (laughs) Generally, when it comes to what God wants me to understand about what he says about his bride, the church, all the all the members of his bride that make up the body of Christ. Everything that God has to teach me is important. So nothing is small. And everything is connected to the other thing. They're all everything is connected. Because it's the same spirit that connects all of us in the body of Christ. So my point by saying that is today's topic is about two women. Okay. I said that and something has come to mind. <laughs> but okay, that's not part of my notes. So two women, okay? They don't necessarily have a name. I'm not going to talk about like, okay, woman A is this and woman B is this. It's just, it's it's just what I see. It's like, it's a, it's a thread. Let me call it that. I want to say like it's what I see being revealed, but it's a thread from the Old Testament to the New Testament, to Jesus speaking, to Paul speaking, to all these other apostles. They write about these two women. And let me, I'm not rehashing the previous episode, but I just want to make some things clear. So far, this is what I've understood. I'm not, I'm, li- I'm not listing everything that I've, understood in point from from these studies but when it comes to this topic today 
both the women so far this is what I, uh, that this is what I've understood when god writes at, uh, in the bible when god talks about the woman right from the very beginning we see a thread of eve okay but then there's the there's the disobedient woman the unfaithful woman right and her connection to a wife and her connection to fruit bearing fruit which is also connected to um, giving birth childbirth there are these threads that the bible talks about and from eve it's not like adam is is um secluded somewhere i'm just talking about generally the sim if i can call it symbolism i'll just use that for the sake because i don't know if there's another word i can use so for symbolism for symbolism sake right the woman is symbolized as the bride now god uses this thread this symbolism of a woman and talks about israel as his bride so you see now we are talking about it's the same topic woman but we're not talking about a physical female adult female we're not talking about that it's not a physical human being now we're talking about we're talking about how it applies in all these threads that god has threaded <laughs> god has linked all these things together and it kind of makes sense it doesn't kind of right now to me it it makes sense because it's so clear to me now when i see god talk about israel jerusalem as his bride but then we see that same thread god talks about the virgin bride and the unfaithful the prostitute bride that talking about the same israel the same jerusalem so i'm like huh that's interesting so one time Israel is a prostitute, an unfaithful bride, an unfaithful um, woman, wife. And then the next minute God says that it's possible for this adulterous, unfaithful bride to be a virgin and to bear fruit, to go from barrenness, a barren woman who can now conceive and give birth. That's the same thread I'm talking about. And it's everywhere in the Old Testament. The Hebrew Bible. <clears throat> okay, let me just say something. My voice, Bado Hajarudi, back to normal. I'm literally straining myself right now. <clears throat> I'm straining. So, maybe I'll be taking deep breaths. You might hear me. <laughs> like, hear my breath, me breathing loudly. It's because, honestly, I'm straining. Um, <clears throat> okay, that's my point. My point is there's this thread of these two women, the faithful woman and the unfaithful woman, the virgin, the prostitute, the barren woman, the, um, what's the opposite of a barren woman? Fruitful woman. Opposite of a barren woman. Let me just call her fruitful for my, because I don't know. 
but there's these two connections. And so all this stems from Eve. And I'm not talking about like the Eve human. Yes, she's connected, but I'm talking about the, or the, it's all, it, these threads start from Genesis. That's when I say Eve, I mean like Genesis from the very beginning. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Now, when it comes to this topic that I've been studying about um, the body of Christ and how we are supposed to live out our faith, put into practice what Christ has taught us and is teaching us. During this study, I've also come to understand, something else I've come to understand is the body of Christ is made of different members, right? They're, they're male and female. That's like two categories. Another category among those male and female is like different cultures, right? Um, say if, like a generic term, I could say Jew and Gentile. That's a, what, a term that is used in the Bible because at that specific time, those were the, the Jew and the Gentiles. The Gentiles is the non-Jews. So actually, I can't even use that today because <laughs> I'm a Gentile. Um, so that's my point. <clears throat> there are these categories, these different members, different body parts of the body of Christ. Paul talks about this, I think it's in Corinthians, <clears throat> and says like, okay, excuse me. So Paul talks about this in Corinthians, if I'm not wrong, chapter 12, maybe, um, first Corinthians. And when, when, oh yeah, actually I have like a, a place where I, Paul was talking about the gifts and I think first Corinthians chapter 12. Yeah. It's first Corinthians chapter 12 about spiritual gifts, unity and diversity in the body. I'm just going to link that in the description. I don't think I need to read that now. It's part of the, my notes for like a later time. <laughs> uh, anyway, so in that, we see how the body is diverse. Like there is diversity in the body of Christ. And so we are being taught how to live in union as one body. We are one body. We are members of one body. Collectively, we make up one body. We are the church. We are the bride of Christ. We are the woman. Where, where Christ is the husband, the bridegroom, and we are the bride, the wife. You see now, it's all tied to, the, to Genesis, to Eve, to the woman, to the two women. And so I've been seeing how and I think um, these are some of the verses that I'm going to <clears throat> to study today. It might be short. It might be a short study, but I don't know. Maybe it will not be. Um, I don't have like a time limit, but I do know I don't have much time. <laughs> but I will go through some of these verses where I started seeing like, yo, it's everywhere. I had not actually connected these two things, even though I had read this before, I understood it in this one way, but I had not connected it 
when it comes to this other study that I'm doing now. So those verses are in Galatians and Revelations. Revelation or Revelations. So those um, those letters. But also, I just want to remind myself and whoever is listening. Um, in the previous episode, I read First Peter chapter 3. And it's very interesting. I think I should just start reading now. First Peter chapter 3 talks about... Where is First Peter? Okay. First Peter chapter 3. What verse was it? Okay, start with the wives. I think I'm going to read Hadi. Where where Peter talks about... Okay, I'll read Hadi verse 7. First Peter chapter 3 verse 1 to 7. Why am I reading First Peter? It's because I've been in in the... um, I think I touched it touch on it in the uncovered episode maybe but in the clear the decks i'm sure about this in the clear the decks and the triggered episode those two episodes i mentioned how in first timothy from chapter two i think from verse eight there was this hard peel that is hard to swallow When, and it's not really, I don't even take it as a hard pill that's hard to swallow. Like, I see it as with no understanding, and I'm not claiming to have all understanding. I do believe the Holy Spirit is teaching me, so it's not, I'm not being like, like, confident in my own, any power or whatever. Um, I'm being confident in the Holy Spirit's power not my own power. So the, uh, the understanding I believe I'm coming into, into the knowledge of, I believe it's guided by the Holy Spirit. And so in the, in the, in the um, Clear the Decks and the Triggered episodes, I read these verses that were in the current 21st century church. They are like trigger passages. They are controversial and I am putting in quotes controversial passages because we live in such a a sensitive culture and generally like globally not everywhere but like the online globe mini globe the online citizen (laughs) the online nations anyway I don't know how to say that but anyway so We live in a culture where we want to be the same. Every single person is the same as the next and the same as the next. And that's not how life is. Reality does not exist equally. Reality is not like everything is not equal. Men cannot be women and women cannot be men. There's a distinction for a reason. A cat cannot be a dog and a dog cannot be a squirrel. Things are different. And when I say they're not equal, I mean 
I just mean like they're not like I cannot expect to have the same experiences as my brothers have and I expect them to understand me as a female we are different so even 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 if we go through the same emotion it's not equal like it's not the same it's different so i think we are attaching this equality thing to everything and it doesn't fit we're trying to force this piece of a of a of a puzzle of a puzzle into another different type of like it doesn't fit we need i believe and i'm learning i'm learning that it's important to embrace my differences what makes me different my uniqueness that's the word uniqueness everything is unique even people who are twins or triplets they're all individuals they're literally individuals they're unique everybody is unique so these these um i touched i've been reading these studies and i, I didn't like say like I'm, i'm going i'm going into this wanting to read the quote unquote controversial passages i don't even believe in the bible has controversial passages <laughs> I don't know if that makes me to a group of I don't know who. I don't I believe God is a perfect God. God is all knowing. I that's the God I serve. I don't know who who other people serve. The God that I serve is a is is love. God is love. God wants the best for humanity. He is the best for humanity. So God wants to give humanity himself. Like that's the most perfect God that I can serve that, that exists, a God that wants to give of himself to his creation. Like what? Jesus says he came to serve. He washes the feet. The greater one is the one who serves, who humbles himself and serves. I serve a great God and he chose to lay down his life for sinners because he loved us. So that's the same God I believe is speaking to me through his word who inspired Paul to write these letters who inspired Peter to write who inspired James to write who inspired Matthew to write who inspired Jeremiah who inspired Moses that's the same god so i don't somebody else might say culture culture might say this is controversial but it's to them it's not to me the same way i might look at something and say oh it's one thing and somebody says no i don't i don't see what you're seeing actually um you're seeing a rabbit no i'm seeing a duck it's the same image but there are two perspectives different perspectives now i believe because i believe in the 
I believe, I believe in God. I believe he exists as he says he does. He does not lie. So what God says about man and woman, that's the best thing. That's the blueprint that I should follow. I'm not supposed to, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing not to follow culture because culture is ever changing, ever, ever changing, ever. It's never constant. It's ever changing. And I'm not trying to build my house on sand. I'm sorry. No. And I could care less. I, I hope, I don't even know how to say this. <laughs> and I thank God that he has given me this type of mindset, this type of Achille, like, I don't care what anyone, what anyone says. If it, if it, if it differs from what God says, oh my gosh. I mean, I could listen to you. I could listen. I'm not going to be rude. But uh, I don't care. Because if I choose your way instead of God's way, then I am being the prostitute. Me choosing culture's way of understanding my Bible, and by my Bible I mean like my faith. I'm choosing culture that has no faith. Well, it has a faith in something that is not my God. And I'm choosing culture to interpret God's word. The God who says that his spirit is in me to teach me. I don't believe that God is powerful enough to teach me his word. But I believe culture has more influence on me. Then am I really a Christian? Like, <laughs> who am I following? Am I following God? Or am I following culture? That's what I'm saying. I don't even see these verses as controversial passages because Jesus did not come to plead with people. Please listen to me. Please understand. I'm not coming here to to um, make you feel bad. No, you can be whatever you... No, Jesus was like, no. I did not come to change anything in the word of God, in the law. The most in 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 the Torah, I did not come to change anything in the prophets. I did not come to change anything in the Psalms, in the writings. Not even one dot will be lost. Will like everything will come to pass, even that dot. Jesus approves of the word of God in the. Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, right? The Tanakh. Jesus approves of it. Jesus actually tells his disciples, and I'm not off topic actually, I'm, I'm very well in topic. Jesus tells his disciples, you guys, have you not read what Moses wrote, the law? Have you not read the prophets, Elijah? Not necessarily Elijah, but you know, the prophets. Have you not read Psalms, the writings, the Ketuvim, have you not read? I am everywhere. 
I'm everywhere. And we're told in Luke, the last chapter in Luke, that Jesus opened the minds of the disciple, his disciples and revealed to them how he was spoken about, how he was foreshadowed, how he was, how, how the entire Hebrew Bible speaks of him, points to him, reveals him. So I'm not one of those people who say, no, Jesus was a different, Jesus was loving, the Old Testament God, was. it's the same God. He's the same God. So when I choose culture's way of understanding things, or even my own way, right? If I choose my flesh and not the Holy Spirit, and not the Spirit, then I'm becoming the prostitute. Because I've been joined to Christ. <gasps> Paul, if it's not Paul or Jesus, I don't know. Somebody, I think I, think I read it in the... I okay. There's this verse that says, don't you know that when you join yourself to a prostitute, you become one with a prostitute? Don't you know? Let me actually Google that. Um... Don't you know? No, no, join you. So let me let me make it short. Becoming one with a prostitute. <laughs> Bible verse. <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody actually read my searches? Um, First Corinthians chapter six, verse what? Verse sixteen. <clears throat> Don't you know that when you what, that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body. For it is said, two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. So this is my point. Who am I uniting with? Culture? My own flesh? Or am I uniting with the Lord? Am I, united, am I one in Christ, one with Christ, one with the spirit of Christ? If I'm not with Christ, then I'm one with a prostitute. That makes me a prostitute. That makes me unfaithful. You see? So it's the same thread. It's the same thread. So these verses, I've been reading, studying these verses, and... When it comes to the woman, I'm not necessarily studying the woman when it comes to the human female right now in this episode. Before, in the other episodes like Clear the Decks and Triggered, I think I was focusing, I was, I started with the, um, what do you call it? I, I, I started... I started the study from the view of the human, the female, right? So that I understand about the church. I started from I started from um, bottom up, right? From like the minor thing, and then I from the narrow thing, and then it got wider and wider. My understanding got wider and wider. 
from like the woman okay what's the wife supposed to do oh okay so this is pointing to the church oh so what's the woman supposed to do oh, okay so this is pointing to the right so now i think i'm starting from this wide angle and i'm narrowing down to what that to to what to what what am i saying the words i'm starting from like a wide angle what um, what god says about these two women right not physical women like these symbolisms of these two women and i feel like jongea sana i feel like i have not been speaking um during the week so hearing myself speak <laughs> in any confused <laughs> okay um what am i saying so in this episode i'm going to start from a wider angle a wider view and then i narrow down to what god is saying in the verses that i'm going to be reading about okay how am i supposed to apply that as a woman myself and again when i say i'm studying about the woman in the wider angle the symbolic angle it doesn't change the fact that it's true just because it's symbol it's symbolic the symbolic is like the truest because it's the truth that can be applied in all these other places you know have i made sense okay symbolic truth is like the truth because yeah i think i've made sense because it it's it seeps through everything else the thread it's it's like the ball of yarn and then the thread is just you need everywhere like here 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 touched here 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 it's like that board of a detective where the red thread is like on this thing and then this thing and then the roll of yarn is like for it's somewhere there so today i'm studying the ball of yarn the entire thing not necessarily entire thing i'm not saying i know everything but i'm trying to look at it at that angle and then narrow it down okay so first peter chapter 3 let's see about let's see where i'm just going to highlight i'm not going to say i'm not uh, gosh uh, Okay. I'm having a hard time speaking. <laughs> so what am I highlighting is woman fruit fruit is connected to good deeds and I'm also highlighting childbearing or or childbirth. Right? So that's what I'm highlighting. Okay. So first Peter chapter 3 verse 1 to 7 wives in the same way so wives is the women okay wives in the same way submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word they may be won over without words but by wives in the same way submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives your beauty should not 
come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that rather it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is why the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters, you're her children, you're her fruit, you're her children, right? Okay. If you are her, you are her daughters, if you do what is right, if you do what is right, good deeds, you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Okay, I'll pause there. When I say today's topic is the ball of yarn, the, like the bird's eye view, like the general thing, the symbolic thing. So I'm not, again, because I'll be talking about women, 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 this woman, this woman, and even, I'll even mention some names. And um, I said I won't be going like specific names, but I made mentioned some, right? And when I mention those names, I'm not necessarily saying it's that human that I'll mention. When we're, when we're told about Sarah, Sarah is, is a symbol of the woman that we should be like. We're not told to be exactly like Sarah, so whatever she was wearing, we should wear. So however way she cooked, we should cook. Every word she spoke, we should speak. How she looked, we should look like whatever she stepped. No, I'm not talking about the human female Sarah. That's not what we are that's not what we are told to focus on we're, talk, we're told to focus on the faithful woman we're told to focus on the woman in whom the son of the promise is supposed to come from you see so when i say the focus of today's study is not male and female when it comes to the human being. So that means even the men in the body of Christ should understand the symbolism of these two women because they are part of these two women. When God calls Israel his bride, he's not only talking to the females in Israel, the women in Israel, he's talking about the the community of Israel, the chosen group of Israel, the chosen nation Israel, both male and female. So when Christ comes and calls us his bride, he's not only talking about the female women, the human women, the human females. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. He's not only talking about 
the human being, the woman. <clears throat> He's talking to both male and female as, as the bride of Christ. So in today's study, that's just something. I don't want to keep repeating it again. I just want to make that clear. So this study is not just like, oh, this is a women's study, a Bible study that only women need to understand. <laughs> it's This is a thread that is everywhere in the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament. And without such, these kind of understanding that the Holy Spirit is try, trying to teach us, that the Holy Spirit has taught in millennia, that, ha, that the teaching that has been clear, without the understanding, we come to misunderstand verses that we we understand we come to misunderstand words that Paul tells these churches when he refers to women. He starts by saying, "Brothers and sisters, no, 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 no. brothers and sisters, when you come to the to the to the nini, your gathering, you know, make sure you prophesy like this, make sure you teach like this, so that you edify the body." Okay, okay, and then he starts talking about out of nowhere he says, "Woman." I'm like, okay, why are you not referring to the men, Paul? Why are you only addressing the women? <laughs> Patriarchy. <laughs> and I'm not laughing at anyone. This is just, I'm realizing I was there. And I thank God I'm, I'm, my eyes are being opened because it's not like I doubted the Bible. It's just as I was like, oh, there's some verses I just don't understand, you know? But when it's God's time for, for him to teach me, okay, it's fine, but I just don't understand these verses. So now I'm seeing that I was trying to understand the verses based on, like, culture's way, my culture's way. That's why I was saying in the previous study, like, my westernized way of understanding things and I mentioned like I'm, I was not using that in a negative way because even our our schools our education system is West, is westernized right so I'm not talking about it in a negative way like the west is the enemy or whatever no I'm just saying um and even like there are cultures that in uh and like tribes right in my country So when I say westernized, I'm not saying that the African cultures have the best understanding of women. So that's just what that's, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to say, I'm just trying to make it clear that that's not what I meant. <clears throat> I don't know why I felt the need to explain that. But I, I just, because I listen, I listen back to these episodes and sometimes I'm like, oh, if somebody comes in and like, in, like comes across this episode and listens to it as the first one and hears this Kenyan girl <laughs> talking about how, oh, the woman should be this and the woman, oh, the Bible says this. I'm like, I understand why somebody can misunderstand what I'm saying. But 
or like when I talk about oh, westernized mindset, I understand. I'm not ignorant of the fact that I live in a culture that is so um, charged. It's charged. And just like a little thing, like a little spark will start a fire. So I'm not ignorant of that. That's why sometimes I keep on repeating myself. But I, I don't want, it's not that I care. I just, you know, like, I, 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 uh, how to say I respect, but like, I am grateful for the teachers. I'm not calling myself one, but I'm just saying, I'm grateful for the teachers that I've come across who go an extra mile to explain what is, what, to explain what, to explain what is common to them. To them, something is obvious, but they understand that, oh, there are people who don't see what I see. Just because it's obvious, somebody might not understand why I'm saying this thing in this way. So let me explain myself. So I, I've, I find myself like appreciating such people. So I would want to be one of those people who, 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 who is aware of their surrounding, quote-unquote, like who's aware of of what they're putting out there and this, like <clears throat> where my content is. My content, my content is online. I'm sharing this publicly. I'm aware I'm sharing this publicly. I'm a grown adult who's sharing her thoughts publicly. So I don't know who will listen to this when. So it, it doesn't hurt for me to explain that. doesn't mean I care what somebody thinks. I just want to make it clear. Okay. So, in this study, after reading, understanding that Peter, in chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter brings up, brings up Sarah. Not because women, female women, should understand should study the life of Sarah. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, I'm not going to go into that. Like, not, because, oh my gosh, let me just say so, this one thing and then I, I actually don't think I started. Have I started the study really? Um, okay, okay. I, like, when I go online and I come across um, Christian channels, and podcasts and if there are like female hosts and they're talking about say they're studying the bible or talking about something they tend to not not everyone because anyway I, it's not like i know everything i've not come across every christian channel but the majority of the ones that i've come across the female hosts tend to narrow their studies on the female characters in the Bible. And I'm like, that's amazing. It is. It really is. But who says I can't learn from Samson? Who says I can't learn from David? You know? 
for a woman in the body of Christ, even a man, needs to read First Peter chapter 3. And when, when Sarah is talked about, excuse me, even though Peter is saying like, okay, women, let me go back there. So he's talking about, so women, your beauty should not come from your outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles. So he's talking about the female human, of course, right? The female human, um, such as elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold, and gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is why the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands. Like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Me reading that, of course he's talking to female humans. <laughs> I'll be saying that from now on. He's talking to female humans. But also, understanding the way Paul relates the husband with Christ and the wife with the bride of Christ, I should also read Peter with those same lenses. So if I, am a, if, if, if I was a male, a human male, <laughs> a male human, and I read that, I should not dismiss it like, oh, that's just for the females. Okay, let me read what Paul tells the husbands. Okay, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live in with your wives. Oh, okay, okay, Peter, I hear you. And treat them with respect, such as a such, uh, respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Oh, I hear you. Okay, so that's what I'm... Every time I read First Peter, I'll just scroll down to husbands. Scroll down to women. You know, no. That's why I'm saying when I understand the entire revelation God has revealed in his word about who his bride is, the new Jerusalem in revelation, the bride of Christ that is clothed in white linen. Who is that? It's the same bride that is talked about in Genesis. The same bride, the same woman that gives birth to an offspring. The son of the promise. So you see how Eve is connected to Sarah? These threads. So, and even the redemption acts when it comes to, <laughs> saying that like it's a movie, when it comes to the prostitutes, in the Bible, the unfaithful women, the barren women, God has this way of redeeming, giving life to the dead, resurrecting death, the dead. For example, and I'm not saying she's, even like widows are, are put in this classification of like, they are not the ideal. The ideal is a married woman. And I'm not talking, again, 
this is why I've, I kept on saying, giving this like to to disclaimers. I'm not talking in physical terms. Like a widow is not worthy of whatever. And but I'm, no, I'm talking about generally the symbolism aspect. God is life. Anything that is anti-life is anti-Christ, is anti-God, is death. God does not applaud death. So a widow means he, she has experienced death in her family. Her, I wanted to say her other half, like her one flesh, like her husband has died. You see that that is not the ideal. That's what I mean when I say like the widow is not an ideal. A bride and a bridegroom, that's the ideal. The two becoming one flesh and having life, bearing fruit. And that fruit bearing fruit and that fruit bearing fruit. Salvation comes through child bearing. You see that connection? That is life. Life. Childbearing fruitfulness is symbolism, it's symbolic of life. But when land is barren, when a womb is barren, when a widow has lost her husband, that is symbolic of death. And the, the thread is everywhere. We see, like, for example, Ruth. Ruth became a widow and her mother-in-law lost her, even her, she's a widow and she lost her sons. They're surrounded by death. But the redemption arc comes in because it's a redemption. She is redeemed. Who is, her, who is Ruth's guardian redeemer? Boaz. Now Boaz is this bachelor, if I can call him that, who is the provider? Who covers Ruth? Ruth says, "Like cover, like um, set the corner of your garment, cover garment over me." Ah, uh, I've forgotten those words. But Ruth asks Boaz to cover her, to redeem her, not because she has no value as a woman living alone, but because. Of the symbolic truth, of the ultimate truth, as human beings, we know that death is a sickness. Death is rot. Death is not the ideal. And through Ruth, the lineage of David, Ruth and Boaz give birth to Jesse, if I'm not wrong. Or the father of Jesse, Jesse, and Jesse is the father of David, and Jesus is the root of David. The prostitute woman Rehab. Jesus, Jesus' lineage is from Rehab is in the lineage of like. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know if I'm making sense with this, Denise, because 
it makes sense in my head, but I don't know how to say this. I think I'm just going to read this verses and then explain because I'm seeing these connections. I'm seeing these connections. That's why when I read what Paul talks about women, and I think even Peter says something like, yo, let me actually Google. Peter says like, okay, you guys, I know Paul's writings are hard to understand sometimes. Um, Paul's writings, hard to understand. <clears throat> Peter, Bible verse. See. 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 16 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 16 let's see uh, he writes the same way in all his letters okay let me actually go back and see chapter verse 15 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 15 bear in mind that our Lord's patience patience means salvation just as our dear brother paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that god gave him he writes the same way in all his letters peter is acknowledging that what paul is writing is from god what paul is writing is from god and actually he's very consistent in all his letters and then he continues and says, he writes the same way in all, in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. So one, Peter is acknowledging that Paul's letters are, are the same as the scriptures that they have, the Old Testament. He, he says like, yeah, Paul, Paul, whatever Paul is writing is from the Holy Spirit. The wisdom of God given to him. And those same scriptures, Paul's scriptures that he has written, are being distorted by ignorant and unstable people who don't understand. He says his letters contain some things that are hard to understand. Right? Let me see verse 17. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the errors of the lawless and fall from your secure position. That's literally Peter saying this. He says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. This is my point. This is the bird's eye view. This is the, the cabal of yarn that I'm talking about. It's all about Christ. Understanding this is understanding Christ. Christ tells us that we have become one flesh with him. What does that mean? I, one flesh is from Genesis. Adam, the man, the husband, says this about the woman. Man shall leave his father and his mother and be united with his bride and the two will become one flesh. Then Jesus comes in and tells us, make them one just as we are one. 
I in them and you in me. Okay, Jesus then says that his disciples, not only the 12, his followers, his disciples, his followers, those who believe in him, are like a woman who is experiencing birth pains. Interesting. So the, the followers of Christ are like a woman. Let me actually Google that. Um, Jesus, woman, experiencing birth pain. Birth pain Bible verse. Will, will it bring anything? <laughs> it has. John sixteen twenty one. <clears throat> John sixteen. Let me open it. John sixteen twenty one. This is why I'm saying it's all connected. Understanding this is understanding how we are connected with Christ, how we are one with Christ, how we, as the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the woman. How it's how it all makes sense, right? Now what's happening? John chapter sixteen, verse twenty-one. Let me open Visuri. John. Excuse me, John sixteen twenty-one. So Jesus himself refers to his followers as a bride that is giving birth. So John 16, verse 20, no, verse 19. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he asked them, are you asking one another what I mean when I say in a little while you will see me no more? And then after a little while you will see me? Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So Jesus is referring, pointing to his disciples and says, you're like a, a woman experiencing birth pains. You're experiencing birth pains. You will give birth. You will give birth. <laughs> you. <sighs> wow. I, I honestly hope that these two links are making sense. So Jesus is talking to both his male and female disciples. Telling them, you're like a woman who is experiencing birth pains. You're about to give birth. Right now, you have, you're experiencing pain. But when you give birth to the son of the promise, when you give birth 
you'll experience joy and you'll forget about the pain. So, you see how this is connected to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, where Paul says, But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. That's what I'm saying. When the Bible talks about women, there's a thread. There's a thread that needs to be followed. That's why Peter can say, whatever Paul is writing is God-breathed. There's nothing controversial. It's only controversial to the ignorant. It's only controversial to the ignorant who twist things and make and make new teachings out of them. It's not controversial. Whatever Paul writes, it's hard to understand. Why do you think God tells Joshua, meditate on the word day and night? God doesn't tell Joshua, okay, the first read you'll read, the first time, skim through the Bible, read, 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 read everything. Okay, you've read from the beginning to the end. Perfect. You've understood everything. You don't need to learn again. <laughs> God tells Joshua day and night. God even instructs the kings, who, whichever king, when a king is put in, like given that position as a king, the king is instructed by the prophets from God to write down, literally copy the Torah Copy the scriptures. He's, he's, he's instructed to have his own copy that he himself has written down. What does that mean? Study day and night. And God will give you understanding. Right? I'm not going to go to a, a <clears throat> just Google any YouTuber, Christian YouTuber, or whoever has knowledge on Christianity, knowledge, not wisdom, just information. Whoever has information on Christianity and just listen and go by everything they say without me personally studying for myself to show myself approved. Because anybody can say anything. I mean, I'm one of those people who is public online podcast but you know i'm i'm participating in this online culture right and somebody can come across my studies and i would advise them to do their own studies because it's only me who will stand before god and account for every word that I have spoken, that's what Jesus says. You will account for every word you have spoken. Your words will either condemn you or or um, um, acquit you. I don't know. Acquit. To acquit. It's a word. Words will either condemn you or Bible verse. Let me see. <clears throat> Matthew twelve thirty seven. 
For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Yeah. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So what is to acquit? To acquit, free someone from a criminal charge by a verdict of not guilty. Yeah. Exonerate. Conduct oneself. Yeah, you'll be cleared. You'll be released. You'll be liberated. You'll be delivered. Yeah. So, everybody needs to do their own studies. You can't just go by what professor so-and-so says or teacher so-and-so says. Uh-uh. I have my own relationship with God. So, anyway... Anyway, anyway, so Jesus, right? The Hebrew Bible talks about the bride, the bride being both male and female, the bride of Yahweh, the faithful and the unfaithful bride, the virgin bride, huh. Ezekiel, huh. Jeremiah, huh. Isaiah, huh. Genesis. And then you see Jesus talking about his bride. And then we see Paul talking about the bride of Christ how the husband and the wife. But then Paul says, oh yeah, even though I've been talking about the husband and the wife, I'm talking about Christ and the church. So when I, whenever I read about male and female, and we're told even, because oh, generally it goes like the husband and the wife or the male and the female, and then the slaves and their masters, and then the children and their parents. These things are not by accident, even though, yes, the church is made up of these people, the Jews and the Gentiles and all these things. These, these groups, it's not by accident that Paul mentions male and women and how they are supposed to relate Jews and Gentiles and how they're supposed to relate Jews and Greeks or Greeks and Gent like all that how they're supposed to relate parents and children that relationship how they are supposed to relate slaves and their masters how they are supposed to relate we can literally see ourselves in every single one of those groups I'm either the male or the female in the first group. I'm either the Jew or the Gentile in the second group. I'm either the parent or the child in the third group. I'm either the slave or the master in the other group. And I'm talking like naturally, physically, or even spiritually. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like oh, today's episode Nimeanza. I honestly hope it's making sense. Okay, so with that, having read First Peter chapter 3 and trying to say even when Sarah is mentioned there, somebody reading First Peter chapter 3, the mention of Sarah, right? And then, you're, and, then, and then it says, you are her daughters. Understanding Sarah as, is the word archetype? Let me Google archetype. Archetype meaning. <clears throat> mm, a very typical example of a certain person or thing. Mental image generated from. Hmm. 
the original model from which something is developed or made. I think so. I think I can use this word. So I should read Sarah, the male, the, the men and the women should understand this verse also. Also, there's like levels, right? Yes, he's talking about the, the, the lower level of, yeah, she's a female like you. She's a human female like you. But also there's this other level the birds I view, the car, ball of yarn level, where Sarah is an archetype, the matriarch. She's like an archetype of this faithful woman. But again, she's also an archetype of, like, oh gosh, I talked about this in the airs episode, right? H E I R S has how in as much as in Galatians I'm going to read Galatians chapter 4 Paul is talking about um, the slave woman and this other Sarah and Sarah Sarah is the what woman and the woman of the promise or something so these two women and Hagar is the slave woman and then Sarah is the woman of the promise but and I remember in my study say, seeing also that other, that same hierarchy only in Sarah. Because Sarah became Eve. God had spoken a word to Abraham and Sarah and promised to them a child. The same way God spoke to Adam and Eve and told them, give them a command, do not eat of this fruit, the tree of this, this the fruit of this tree. If you eat of it, you will die. So God gave a promise to Abraham. I will give you a son. You'll have descendants. And they had a choice. The same way Adam and Eve had a choice. Abraham and Sarah had a choice. To either listen to God or to, their, to, their, to themselves or to the snake. Now there's a connection between Eve Eve giving the fruit to Adam and a connection between Sarah giving the fruit, Hagar, the fruit to Abraham. Another connection, God tells Adam, you listen because you listen to your wife and it's not because like a husband should not listen to his bride. No, no, no. This is the, you listen to the, to the voice of the deceptive woman to the not the voice of the faithful woman not that he if adam was one to eat and then and then eve say like okay do not eat and then you know <laughs> you listen to this to deception you you chose to be deceived because you chose to be deceived adam this and this will happen you see that and then we see when it comes to abraham and sarah abraham listens and it's made very clear abraham listens to his wife. We are literally told. He listens to his wife. So that's another connection to Adam. So when I say. Sarah is an archetype. Of course also Eve is like the archetype. But then. Because Sarah comes after Eve. And Sarah is the one mentioned here. In First Peter chapter 3. That's how I'm supposed to also understand. This other level. 
have this another level. Uh, that's um, that's why I'm also supposed to have this other level of understanding when I read this. Yes, he's talking about the female, but also remember that Eve has offspring, and the snake has its own offspring. Do you remember that Sarah has an offspring? Right, remember that from Adam, uh, from 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 Abraham, there's the two sons, Isaac and Ishmael, son of the slave and the son of the promise. So when we are told that we are daughters of Sarah. The virtuous woman. Oh, perfect. I don't know. Maybe there's somewhere I've come across like the virtuous, the woman of valor. I think I've been studying these things. <laughs> uh, I've been coming across these things in my studies. The virtuous woman. Now, Sarah is an archetype of the virtuous woman. And we are being told you are her daughters. You are, you are, she has born you. She has given birth to you. You are, you are her fruit. How Jesus says, how you judge a tree, you judge it by its fruit. A, a tree bears fruit, gives birth. A tree bears fruit. Everything is connected. That's my point. So even a man should read this verse in verse 6 and understand it in this other level. The same way a woman should also understand this verse in this other level, not just this female human and male human understanding okay so i just wanted to say that let me now connect that to galatians chapter 4 because it's connected galatians chapter 4 should i read quickly galatians chapter 4 let me read quickly galatians chapter 4 let me scroll and see where is sarah born of a child barren woman okay perfect yeah galatians chapter 4 <clears throat> so um um it's when I read this, everything that I've been talking about is going to be highlighted. Okay, Galatians chapter four. What am I? What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is not different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. the The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces. You are in slavery. See, there's a master and a slave. But when also, also when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. God sent his son, born of a woman, <clears throat> born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Okay, we are from master and slave dynamic. Now we are in a parent and child dynamic, father and son dynamic, sonship, right? You see those dynamics? Okay, I'm pointing back to all these categories that we keep on seeing, male, female, uh, father, mother, Jew, Gentile, or Jew and Greek, um, slave, master. When we just read the bare minimum understanding of this and like okay so there were slaves in this land 
and our slave disciples and masters who are also disciples of Christ. And so Paul is directly telling these human masters and human slaves this and full stop. There are levels to this understanding. We've just from seeing verse 3 about us being enslaved and our master being these elemental spiritual forces. And then we are being saved from that. Now we have become, we have been adopted and redeemed by this son born of a woman. Now we have become, we have been adopted to some sonship. Okay, verse 6. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are his child, God made you also an heir. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who, by nature, are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Okay, as I continue reading, something that should also be spewing, um, cooking in the in the like in the back of whoever is listening, because this is what's happening in my mind. I'm now connecting. Okay, so these two women. So there's a virtuous woman, there's the prostitute, there's the... Okay, so there's one who... The wayward woman, Proverbs. I'm going to read Proverbs. There's the path, one that leads the path of life, the wisdom. And, the wisdom. Um, and then there's the wayward woman who leads the paths of death. There are all these links to these two types of women. Right? So... I'm seeing myself as a member of the body of Christ, as a bride, a member of the bride, the body of Christ, right? I'm the church. I'm part of the church anyway. You know what I mean? So as the church, as the bride, as the woman, as the bride of Christ, how does that apply here? Right? Okay. Okay. So that's what's brewing behind in my combined excuse me okay so so verse 9 but now that you know God or rather are known by God how is it that you are turning back you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces to being enslaved by those weak and miserable forces do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again you are observing special days and months and seasons and years I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you, and even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. 
What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to have it is fine to be zealous, provided the pass the purpose is good and to and to be so always, not just when I am with you, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. How I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you. Let me just reread again verse 18. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed with you. I'm perplexed about you. Paul, a human male, is saying that he's experiencing childbirth pains. Of course, that is not physical. This is the symbolic and spiritual thing that I'm talking about. The other level that I'm talking about understanding this verse is as. Okay. Let me continue. We're not done yet. Verse 32, and tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh. But his son by the free woman was born as the result of a divine promise. That's why I was talking about Sarah. Also in Sarah, the archetype. Seeing, so even in Sarah, seeing two archetypes, the same, these archetypes of these two women, even in Sarah, because she is the one who gave Adam the fruit. Right? She gave Adam, uh, she gave Abraham, her maid, her slave, Hagar, to sleep with him. So instead of being faithful to God's promise, she became the tempter. She became the snake. So Abraham listened. So that's why Paul can say, Ishmael is born of the flesh, is a son born of the flesh because they chose to listen to their own flesh instead of listening to God who gave them the promise. Okay? Okay, so verse 22, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. Paul is saying, is, is figuratively the same as symbolically? Um, figuratively. synonym metaphorical not literal symbolic okay perfect so Paul is saying this is symbolic it's symbolic it happened yes but it was pointing to something it's symbolic truth dudes my guys <laughs> oh, gosh. 
ladies and gents, dudes and dudettes, listen. Listen. What happened with Adam, Abraham and Sarah is symbolic. Okay, let's continue. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. Okay. So these two women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children, bears children who are to be slaves. So one covenant saves another, it saves, right? You're made free. It's the, the covenant of the free woman. So one covenant saves and the other covenant enslaves. Ooh, that's a t-shirt. <laughs> okay. You get me? Like, there are two women who give birth to two sons. They bear children. They bear fruit. And these women are, the Sarah and Hagar, they represent two covenants. They're symbolic. They represent two covenants. Now, one covenant, the, the covenant of the free woman, it saves. It's a covenant that saves, that bears children, right? Child of the promise. And the other covenant of the slave woman, it bears children that are born to be slaves. It enslaves. The covenant enslaves. Okay. So when we read, okay, should I, think? okay, let me continue reading this. So these things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem. So Paul is saying, yeah, the current city, Jerusalem, that we live in now, she's enslaved. She has become Hagar. The same way Sarah can become the free woman and at the same time become the virtuous woman and at the same time become like the, the, the deceptive woman, the prostitute that seduces. You know? That means, that means I, Nanini, Junanishi Bombo, I can represent both of these women and I have a choice to choose which woman I will become. The body of Christ. That's why Paul is saying, you, you, are, you, you are the free woman. You're united with Christ. Why? Why are you uniting with a prostitute? Don't you know that when you unite, when you unite with a prostitute, you become one flesh with a prostitute? You have become enslaved now. Why, why do you want to be enslaved? It's all connected. This is my point. It's all connected. So even I, Nanini, in my daily walk, how I live out my faith will determine whether I am the free woman or I am the enslaved woman. Okay. <clears throat> That's why Paul is saying Jerusalem now the current Jerusalem, the present city of Jerusalem, yeah, she is in slavery with her children. You see how the woman is connected to childbearing? The woman is connected to 
her children. Sarah is connected to her daughters. Even the city. I was reading Ezekiel and we see Jerusalem being said like, your sister cities, like Sodom and Gomorrah, like sister cities of Jerusalem. They are connected to Jerusalem. <clears throat> okay, let me just pause. Let me, let me continue. That's another topic. <sighs> let me read again. Verse 24. These things are being taken figuratively. The woman... The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in, slave, she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother. <gasps> okay, so there are two women, the free woman, the enslaved woman, Hagar, Sarah, the earthly Jerusalem, and the Jerusalem that is from above. Remember Revelation? We see that Jerusalem that is from above coming down from God. So every time the authors of the Bible talk about specifically I've been reading the New Testament, Paul and Peter, talking about the woman. And then there are these phrases where Paul says women should be silent. Women will be saved through childbearing. Women should not teach. Which woman is Paul talking about? I think I've shown, I've shown my hand. <laughs> That's, those are the cards I have right now. That's that's what I mean when I study this. This is where I'm, this is this is what I'm seeing. The spiritual points to the to the physical. The symbolic points to the opposite of symbolic is what real reality opposite. Of symbolic. Literal. Okay. The symbolic points to the literal. We are talking about these women being covenants. But at the same time, we are talking about Sarah and Hagar. So these human beings actually existed. They're physical, they're, they're female, they're female humans that actually existed. But the, the truth, the thread, that's what we are following because it, it can be seen in Sarah, in Hagar, can be seen in, in, um, let's talk about that right now. Let me just say, like, it can be seen in Proverbs, right? Wisdom and the wayward woman. The virtuous woman and the wayward woman. Right? Can be seen in the faithful wife and the unfaithful wife. It can be seen... Like the, that archetype of like the slave woman. The prostitute can be seen in Delilah can be seen in Jezebel 
You see those archetypes of the slave woman? Oh gosh, I want to go there right now and read what Jesus says about Jezebel. Revelation. Let me actually read that first. So that when I read Galatians, let me jump to Revelation. So that when I read Galatians, we see what the, how it's all connected. So Revelations chapter 3, right? Is it chapter 3? Revelations chapter 3, where Jesus is talking to the churches. Revelation chapter 3. This is Jesus, the resurrected Christ, talking to the churches. And I'm going to scroll. All this is important because Jesus is talking about knowing the church's deeds, right? But anyway, I'm going to go to this church starting with a T. Um, the church of what? Oh, which church is it? Uh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, wait, no. Let's see. Not Philadelphia. One of the pillars. Uh, I repeat, the honest repent. Is it two? Oh, okay. Verse two, Revelation chapter two. I didn't know this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, verse verse eighteen. The Tyra, the Tyra, the church to the church of the Tyra. Revelation chapter two, verse eighteen. Let me see if I'm seeing this connection of this slave woman or free woman, the two covenants. Who am I listening to? Am I listening to? To Sarah who's disobedient or the voice of Sarah who's disobedient or the voice of Sarah who's obedient. Who am I listening to? Okay, verse 18. To the angel of the church in Thyatira, write. These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love. Remember the last episode, Paul keeps on saying love, faith. Okay. I know your deeds your love and faith your service and your perseverance and what and that you are now doing more than you did at first nevertheless i have this against you you tolerate that woman jezebel who calls herself a prophet by her teaching she she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols i have given her time to repent of her immorality but she is unwilling so i will cast her on the bed of suffering and i will make those who commit adultery with her to suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways i will strike her children dead this woman Jezebel has children hmm the same way Sarah has children hmm and the woman Jezebel is teaching hmm prophesying interesting <laughs> actually I'm very excited oh if I if only I had time to continue studying let me let me let me study okay let me continue so Jesus is saying, 
Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on the bed on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways i will strike her children dead then all the churches will know that i am he who who searches the hearts and minds and i will repay each of you according to your deeds now i say to the rest of you in the in thyatira thyatira to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not led Satan, learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have, you have until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations that one will rule with that one will rule with them with an iron scepter and will dash them into pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my father. I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever, whoever has ears, let them hear what the spirit, the teacher, whoever has ears, let them hear what the spirit says to the churches. What has Jesus just said? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the Root of David, the Prince of Peace. Jesus has just said, yo, there's this church that is tolerating the teachings of the slave woman. There's this church that is tolerating the teachings of Jezebel. There's this church that is tolerating the teachings of the false prophets. There's this church that is tolerating the teaching of the adulterous woman. You get what I mean now when I say this woman archetype, the two women, the two fem women, not female, the two women nini storylines, symbolism archetypes that I'm following. You're either listening and being taught by the spirit, wisdom, Wisdom in Proverbs. Let me actually jump to Proverbs. You're either being taught by wisdom or you're being taught by the wayward woman. Okay, let's read Proverbs and see it making sense. Literally just what Jesus said. Where's Proverbs? <laughs> okay, Proverbs chapter what? I think chapter two, chapter one. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Um, so it starts by saying, oh man. okay, okay, let me start from Proverbs chapter one, verse eight. Listen, my son, my son, my offspring, my child. Okay. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Your mother's teaching. The woman is teaching, okay. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland 
to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinful, sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. Let me pause for a minute. This is why I'm talking about there are no genders. I'm not talking about genders, male or female, when I'm talking about these women. There's the free woman and the slave woman. The bride of Christ is genderless. I'm not saying men don't exist and women don't, don't exist. We're told that there is no male or female. What does that mean? That means all of us share the same privilege. If you're a man, if you're a woman, you share the same privilege, the same inheritance, the same sonship. Right? The man is not, doesn't have a higher hierarchy in the kingdom of God. So the male, the men don't have like a better position in the kingdom of God and the women have a lesser position. No, there's no male, no female, no Jew, no Gentile, no slave, no free. Meaning all of us share in the same inheritance. All of us share in the same inheritance. We recognize that there are different members of the body of Christ. There's the eye, there's the tooth, there's the ear, there's the nose, yes. But all of the members of the body of Christ have equal. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is where equal comes in. Have equal share to the inheritance, right? There's something else though, doesn't... By saying that, I'm not saying, because there's something else that, that Jesus says, I know your deeds. I know your deeds, right? There are those who have, who, who do the will of, of God and there are those who don't. But also we are told, I, I read in Colossians, we are like our, our deeds will be burned, our works will be burned. And if we were building on the foundation, on Christ with strong materials like gold and precious stones then our wax will not be burnt up we will receive a reward so i'm connecting this too with like equal inheritance yes this equal inheritance we are in the body of christ but again there's rewards there are crowns these are things that have been coming across and i'm like oh yeah okay this is something oh yeah <laughs> that is consistent so anyway, so uh, that came to mind when I was like, oh, equal inheritance. I'm like, yeah, it's true. But Paul also says like those who build their house on the rock with straw or hay, their works will be burnt up, but they will be saved, but as though through fire. So I'm not claiming to know everything and understand everything, but I'm just saying those are some verses that exist. So what was I reading? I was reading Proverbs Right, And this is why I'm saying there are no genders. The reason why I say there are no genders when it comes to these archetypes, the two archetypes, the, the free woman and the slave woman, the two covenants, is because even in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10, we're seeing there are men who will entice this son that is being advised. Yes, it's been written like as a mother to a son, right? A mother is giving advice to a son, Right? Or a father is giving advice to his son. But that's my point. I'm not supposed to read this and say, oh, okay, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 10 is only talking to the men. No. 
No. A spirit has no gender. Why am I talking about spirits? Paul in Galatians is telling us, you need to understand that the battle is not against flesh and blood, sis. It's like you're fighting against spiritual, spiritual forces and powers and rulers. Those are the ones that are enslaving you if you choose to listen to them. You become slaves to those spirits, spiritual powers and rulers. So these men that are enticing you are, are these sons of the slave woman. If I can say that, actually that makes sense. They're these sons of the slave woman. Because the slave woman has children and the free woman has children. Depends on who you listen to. And when I say sons of the slave woman and the son of the promise, I'm not talking about an actual gender male. I'm talking about the children, the fruit, the fruit of the woman, the children born from the free woman and the children born of the slave woman. So when I read this, the, the sinful men that entice, it's the same as the wayward woman. That's what I'm saying. It's the same. Okay. Okay. So there are they they are a gallon to your head and a chain to adorn your back your neck. My son, if sinful sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say come along with us, let let's lie in wait for innocent blood, let's ambush some harmless soul, let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us. We will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread how useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. This is screaming to me, Cain. This is what I'm talking about. There's no gender here. They're speaking to me about Cain. Cain became a, an offspring of the snake. Cain became an offspring of the wayward woman. Cain became an offspring. Became a son of the slaves. A son of the an enslaved son. Because he literally did this. He killed his own blood. He killed his own. He killed his brother. God told Cain, sin is crouching at your door. There are some teachings that sin wants to teach you. There are some things. There's, there's some knowledge. There's some wisdom that the wayward woman wants to teach you. Don't listen to it. Rule over that sin. But Cain chose to listen to sin. To unite with sin. And the union of Cain and sin gave birth to death. This is what I started by talking about. Give birth to death. And the blood of Abel 
was spilled. Okay. So, verse 20. Wisdom. And she's this like the virtuous woman. Okay. So wisdom. Sarah. Like I'm, I'm throwing these two, two things here. Wisdom, Sarah. Right. You see. I'm throwing it there because it's the same. Did I the word archetype? Right. Okay. It's the same thread. So verse 20. First, uh, this is Proverbs chapter 1 verse 20. Open. No, no. <laughs> no, out. Not open. Verse 20. Out in the open, wisdom calls out. Okay. She raises her voice in the public square. On the top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. Okay. So wisdom has her teachings. Interesting. And Jesus finishes Revelation by saying, To those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Who is the one who reveals the thoughts, the depths of Christ, the depths of God? Is it not the Spirit of God? And here wisdom is saying, Repent at my rebuke, then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I will in turn laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and, and trouble overwhelms you. This is the same as Jesus saying, Listen to my words. Those who have ears, let them hear. Hear and put into practice. Build on the rock. Build your house on the rock. And when the winds come, when calamity comes, when disaster comes to sweep over you, when distress comes, you will not fall. But when you build on sand, when you don't listen to me and put into practice my teachings, my words, it's like, a builder who builds on sand. So when calamity comes, when disaster sweeps, it will take over you like a whirlwind. You see how it's the same message? Okay. Verse 28. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. What did I just read when Jesus was talking about the disciples being like a woman in experiencing childbirth pains he said are you are you guys talking about how i said you will look for me and you will not see me <laughs> it's the same thing <laughs> i love it so i'm laughing because it's joy it's joy because truth does not change truth is the same today yesterday and forever truth will always remain true to be truth i love that 
God is consistent. I love it. Honestly, I love it. So, verse 28, Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. So the children they will bear, will ens- they will be enslaved children. They will not be free children. Let me go back to the same verse, First Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. Again, I talked about this in the last episode. But how similar is this? To what Proverbs, the wisdom, is saying. Wisdom is saying, you're either saved by listening to me or you're eaten up by death. You bear rotten fruit. It's like this. I wanted to say something. <laughs> the, the house will fall. The house will crumble. Your fruit. You cannot even plant that seed. It, it, there's no continuity because you have given birth to rotten fruit. But fruit, fruitfulness and continue the life, you've given birth to death. You've given birth to death. But when a fruit is its good fruit, you can still plant that seed and receive a harvest the next time and plant those same seeds and receive a harvest next time. But when you give when you give birth, when you bear rotten fruit, wisdom is saying, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. Who else in Genesis ate a fruit that led to death? You see, I'm talking about the same thing. It's the woman. It's Eve. Adam and Eve. They ate of the fruit that led to death. Okay. Verse 32. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me, whoever listens to the free woman, whoever listens to the virtuous woman, whoever listens to the wise woman, whoever listens to wisdom, whoever listens to the spirit. I'm not saying the spirit is female. <laughs> this is not like, okay, so are you now? I did. This is the thing. I'm not talking about genders. I wanted to say, like, this thought like crossed my mind. Okay, June, remember, like, your viewers. So somebody might think, like, you're talking about the Holy Spirit being female because you're now saying, Jesus says, um, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is why it started by giving the long disclaimer about I'm not talking about genders. Right? So I don't want to keep on repeating that. This study will not be about 
I'm 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 looking at this at the at the kabad's eye view. Right? The macro level. The symbolic aspect, the symbolic truth. I'm following the symbolic truth, the thread. I'm following the thread. And the thread is not it's it's not a type of, it's has no gender. The thread has no gender. So when I connect the Holy Spirit with Jesus, the Holy, the teachings of the Holy Spirit, the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of wisdom and the teachings of the free woman. I'm not saying that one in the same thing, like Sarah is Jesus and Jesus is Eve. And no, it's the thread that I'm following. It's the bird's eye view, the truth that is connected to these narratives. Right? That's the thread I'm following. <clears throat> so wisdom ends and says, but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. I want to read where wisdom talks about the wayward woman. Mm-hmm. Moral of wisdom, then you will understand what is right. For wisdom will enter your heart, discretion will protect you, wisdom will save you from the... Okay, let me read Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commandments within you, do I, I, don't, I don't want to keep on pausing, but again, Adam, Eve, Abraham, Sarah, they were given words and commands by God. And God wanted them to listen and trust him and obey him, keep his commands. So I'm not going to pause. I'm just going to read Proverbs chapter 2. But just keep in mind everything I've been saying. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turn your ear to wisdom and apply, uh, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, for his mouth, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of the wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who have light, who have left um, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Wisdom will save you. Wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman. <clears throat> First Timothy chapter 2 verse, verse 15. But women will be saved... Through childbearing, if they continue in faith, love, holiness, with propriety. 
Verse 16, wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. Delilah, Jezebel. Wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Surely her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus you will walk in the ways of of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous for the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it <sighs> okay i'm trying to see if there's any other place where the wayward woman she's like a tree mm-hmm Even talking about like the seed that bears fruit and grows into a tree. Proverbs chapter 3 verse um, 13. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. A tree of life. To those who take hold of her, those who hold her fast will be blessed. You see how wisdom is connected to a virtuous woman, a faithful bride? How the Bible talks about the bride is the glory of the man? Hmm? So the bride is like a tree of life. The bride is the glory of man. When a, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. You see, this is what I'm talking about. Even when it's talking about the literal male and female, there is this, this thread, this thread of this woman who has not there's not there's it's <laughs> this symbolic thread this archetype of this woman right there's so many other places i want to read in proverbs but let me actually just check my two notes what what i wanted okay 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 let me finish reading galatians right i'm reading let me finish reading galatians galatians chapter 4 now, when I go back to Galatians, you'll see if it makes sense. Let me start Galatians again. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns his own, the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, 
that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not God's. But now that you know God or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you, and even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ himself. Where then is your blessing for me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eye and given them to me. Have I now become an enemy? your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over. Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am, am again in pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. How I wish I would be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of the divine of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother, meaning we are her children. Okay, For it is written, be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of a desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. See how, excuse me, Belch, how Jesus tells Nick in John chapter 3, that we are born from above. We need to be born again. We need to be born from above, born of the spirit. Okay. So Paul is saying, now you brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. It is the same now. But what does scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son. 
Jezebel and her children, who is the, the false prophet, teaching false teachings. Verse 30, but what does scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. <sighs> okay. <sighs> I wanted to talk about like Jezebel, but I think I've mentioned Jezebel. There's another thread. Oh gosh, I think this will be the next episode. <laughs> Following this thread of Jezebel. Oh man, like it's, you see how now I'm going to follow the thread. I hope today has been clear. Today's episode, again, I, I, I said how it's going to be like, like a very small piece of the puzzle to me when it comes to these notes that I've written down but it's not a small thing it's a big thing that it's 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 knowledge right what I believe I'm studying right now it's not like a small part of the puzzle no all of it makes sense together right but I'm talking about the notes when it comes to the notes that I've written down I feel like I've just shared like a small part of my notes that's what I mean when I say it's small because I wanted to get into the Jezebel thing. You see how now I uh, I think the next episode I'll start with Revelation again. I've, I'll uh, uh, um, what am I saying? What I'm saying? So today I've read these verses when it comes to trying to show like these, this thread of these two women, right? So I think the next episode I'm going to focus on the slave woman, Jezebel. You see how when I talk about the virtuous woman, I'm saying Sarah and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm mentioning a name. It's not a T. Sarah is only. It's only Sarah who is. I don't have to go back and start explaining this, right? She's an archetype. So even Jezebel is an archetype of the slave woman, of the adulterous woman, of the of the perverted woman. I don't know. Uh, adulterous and there's this word that um, Proverbs used. So it's that same archetype. So the next episode, Jesus mentions about Jezebel and her teachings. She calls herself a prophet and apparently Jezebel has children and she's leading people into, these, into sexual immorality with her teachings. Now, how that is connected, it's both physical, it's both literal and symbolic. Symbolic how? If you are, how do we become adulterous? It's when we listen to another voice and not the voice of God. When we are not submit, submitting to God, our husband, but then we choose to submit to other gods, we become adulterous. You see, so when it comes to sexual immorality, you see how that is on another level. Instead of partnering with God, communing with God, um, being having being in union with Christ, instead of us being in union with Christ, we want to eat at another table, we want to be in union at the table of demons instead of eating at the table of Christ. You see how all these things are connected? 
instead of us being wanting instead of us being in remaining in Christ being in union with Christ want to be in union with a prostitute you see how all these things are connected even Jesus saying you're following our teachings that are teaching to sexual immorality it's both literal and symbolic and by symbolic I mean spiritual it's both literal and spiritual so I'm going to study this um this this thread in the next episode if I had time I would continue but I think now even my voice is kupotea and I don't have that much time left I think I even have like less than 30 minutes so instead of starting another quote unquote like <laughs> another study into this I think I'll just pause here and then follow the thread of the slave woman aka Jezebel and her teachings the woman who is not supposed to teach yeah you see that thread I'm following? Okay. <laughs> so I'll do that the next episode. So I think today's episode, I just had to share what I shared. I think it's, 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 um, it's enough. So uh, let me pray. So thank you, God, for today's study. Thank you for your knowledge and your wisdom. And thank you for understanding. I pray, oh God, that you continue teaching. Oh, Holy Spirit, continue teaching the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. You are our teacher. Um, may we not listen to the voice of another. Pray, O oh God, that you give us discernment to discern the spirits that are speaking to us so that we don't listen to the adulterous woman, to the adulterous men, um, the deceiving voices, but we listen to, um, to wisdom. I will listen to the voice of the Spirit of God alone. Um, thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends and their families. Thank you for the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the self-control, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding. Thank you for unity and my family. Um, thank you also for unity in my country. Thank you for prosperity of my my nation. Thank you for the growth of our economy. Um, thank you for the th- thank you for the la- the thank you for the peace in the families of this nation. May you guide us to truth, O oh Lord. Uh, may we not be deceived by deceiving spirits. Um, Jesus, reveal yourself to us in our homes, at work, at school. Wherever we are, oh God, reveal yourself to us. Make yourself known. May you give us a humble heart to receive you and to acknowledge you as our Lord and Savior. As the one and only true God, living God who saves, who lays down his life for his friends, for his children. We are no longer slaves, but we are children. We are heirs in the kingdom. So thank you, God. Thank you for your truth. May you teach me on how to apply this in my daily walk. And, oh God, give me 
the strength and the discipline to obey you. Because you're still speaking. It's in Jesus' name I pray, trusting and believing. Amen. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully you'll be joining me every Tuesday for new episodes of the Trying Podcast. Stay safe, guys. Bye.